Welcome to this episode of Riding the Wall. Um, I'm Chad, and this week I am riding solo. Uh, our boy Justin has some family obligations he needs to take care of this week, so hopefully he can get those things squared away, be where he needs to be, and he'll be back with us next week. Um, so we've got a few things to talk about today. Um, first thing I want to say is that you can now find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on all the social media platforms um, except for the OF but uh, give us time I'm sure that's probably in the works somewhere somehow um, I'm just kidding uh, maybe um, <clears throat> so just want to talk a few things that uh, is happening maybe one that did happen and one big rumor for next year going to talk about all those but first we'll talk about Dover this past Monday I guess it was um, Martin Truex Jr. wins for the fourth time at Dover his fourth career win there uh, snaps his I believe it was a 54 race winless streak and a lot of people keep making a big deal out of this winless streak if, if you really think about it I mean these guys are running what 32 36 races a year so 54 races is only like a year and a half which was really not that big of a deal um he did win at the bush clash uh, even though it's not a points race he still did win there so um i think a lot of people talking about his winless streak is probably a little bit kind of over the top maybe that's just my opinion anyway um so yeah mtj wins at dover he gets himself into the playoffs with that win uh, maybe might even give himself a little bit of momentum heading into this week at Kansas. Um, which, let's look ahead at Kansas. We have Elliott and Larson is the the favorites to win, but um, even though they've only won one time apiece at this track, I mean, there's a lot of guys in the in the field that have multiple wins. you got Kyle Busch, MTJ, both have two. Brad Kozlowski has two. Uh, we got Harvick, Logano, Hamlin all have three wins at Kansas, so uh, it should be an interesting race. We've got a lot of a lot of guys that can really wheel those cars around that track. And a 23XI swept both races last year. Uh, we got Kurt Busch won the spring race, Bubba won the fall race there. So um, I think Toyota is also going to be one to watch at Kansas. Um, I know who I'm, who I think is going to win, but I'll get into that a little bit later. But let's talk about these other things. Uh, let's talk about the one thing that is happening. Um, it was announced earlier this week that Legacy Motor Club. I still have a hard time saying Legacy Motor Club. I still want to just call them Petty Petty GMS Racing, but uh, Legacy Motor Club is going to switch manufacturers. I believe it was Monday they announced this this past Monday. Um, for 2024, they are going to drive Toyotas and leaving the Chevy camp, which for me, I'm, I'm not a fan just because I'm a Chevy guy, but um, I can definitely understand the move for Legacy. It, uh, I think it's a win for them because there's so many, there's already so many Chevy camps out there and, and Chevy is, is uh, giving their support to those other those other teams um i mean and 
that's not to say that they're not helping Legacy. I mean, they're helping everyone that is driving a Chevy. So, uh, but... And I don't know this for sure because I'm obviously not in the garage and I don't know the behind the scenes of all this stuff. But, you know, when, when you got so much support that can go to Hendrix and so much that can go to Legacy, you know, Hendrix is probably going to get the main attention. You know, the bigger the bigger teams are probably going to get the bigger amount of attention. And the way, um, you know, the number of teams that are driving Toyota right now is, is what we got Gibbs and 23xi so we have what six toyotas out there on the track where we have a, a lot more chevys so i think they will be getting a lot more attention from toyota than they were getting from chevrolet which is why i believe it'll be a win for legacy um plus you have both drivers that are already there at legacy with gregson and uh, eric jones they're both familiar with toyota because eric jones was with toyota during his joe gibbs days um, in Cup, and and in Xfinity, I believe, and then Gregson was driving a Toyota when he was in the Truck Series with uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports. So they're both familiar with Toyotas, so I think it'll be a pretty a pretty good transition for the drivers. Now, as far as the team goes and the owners go, it may be a little bit more of a transition um, for them. And and along with those lines, it, it kind of surprised me that Legacy changed over because, you know, you got Richard Petty and Jimmy Johnson as the big dogs at Legacy Motor Club. And, you know, when I think of when I think of Richard Petty, I think of a Dodge or a Plymouth, you know, I think them old days of that. So and then when you think of Jimmy Johnson, I feel like, you know, if he rips his shirt open, he's going to have a big Chevrolet symbol tattooed right there on his chest. So for him to go to, or be willing to go to Toyota is kind of, um, it's not surprising because of the support that he'll be receiving, but I do believe it, it, it's just kind of took me back a little bit. It's like, well, you know, this, this guy that's just seemed to be diehard Chevy, he's not going to be going in a Toyota, but he's not driving it. It's for the team. And, um, like I said, I think it's going to be a big win for them. So hopefully, hopefully for them it turns out for the better. Um, I think I think they're going to really improve quickly under the Toyota umbrella. So we will have to see what goes on with that, and uh, wish them luck with that. Now, like I said, I'm I kind of hate to see it just because I'm a Chevy guy, and there's going to be more Toyotas on the track, and that's just not my style. But uh, you know, hey. You got to go with what works for you, and and going to Toyota is, is I believe what's going to work for Legacy Motor Club. So good luck, good luck with that. Wish them, wish them all the best. But uh, let's talk about the rumor, the big rumor, going around this week. You may have already heard about it. You may not have, but uh, Josh Berry may be signing with a team. Well. I, I guess the rumor is not that he may be signing with a team. The rumor is that he already has signed with a team. We just don't know who that is yet. Um, we've heard Larry McReynolds say it on Sirius XM Radio. We've heard uh, Clint Boyer, I believe, said it last week or last Monday during the race at Dover that he was going to be signing with a good team or a good ride. 
And the rumor is coming out that he may be signing with Stuart Haas Racing for 2024. Um, on Twitter, I believe it was Tuesday, Adam Stern tweeted out that Josh Berry is finalizing a long-term deal with KHI Management, which KHI Management is Kevin Harvick's agency. Um, now, how long is a long-term deal? We don't know. You know, those details haven't come out yet. I mean, none of this stuff has actually come out yet. So it's it's all kind of alleged, I'm assuming. I'm just going by what uh, Adam Stern tweeted. He's obviously in the know more than I am. So what else comes along with that? With him signing with, with Josh Berry signing with... KHI management. Um, you know what all does that entail? You know it, that's obviously it's going to be. How long is he going to be with that? Um, not only KHI, but I would just have to assume Stuart Haas Racing. And along those same lines, does the sponsorship, if anything, come with that? You know, is that uh, with him signing with KHI, does that mean Kevin Harvick's sponsors are going to stay with Harvick and and Stuart Haas just on Josh Berry's car? Um, we, we don't know. You know, those are some of the details that have still yet to be announced. But we will see how it goes. I would say since some of this stuff is starting to leak out, I would, I would have to imagine that... Uh, it will come out pretty soon. Whether this is all true or not, I, I would have to speculate that it is. Um, you know, and along the lines of the sponsors, you know, Mobile One, Hunt Brothers Pizza, maybe even Bush Light. You know, do they change their mind and stay with Harvick and Stuart Haas? Um, going a little bit further into that, does uh, does that mean Josh Berry is going to be in the four car? I don't know. Um, you know, Stuart Haas might move Chase Briscoe over to the four car and put Barry in Briscoe's 14. You know, may jumble around the uh, may jumble the drivers around. You know, they may move Almirola. Almirola may retire. He may come back another year. If he does come back, is he going to stay in the 10 car? Is they going to move Priest around? Who knows? It it may jumble everything up. We don't know all that yet. Um, still too early to tell. Too early to know. But like I said, since some of this stuff is leaking out, I would have to assume that it will be announced pretty soon in the very near future, um, if it all is true. So, let's see. We talk about what is happening. We talked about the rumor. I'm, I'm really going to follow that rumor, too. So, uh, so we'll see what happens there. Let's talk about what did happen. You know, the big, big story this week, for once, is not penalties, but... We are talking about the Ross Chastain again. Again, if we're not talking about penalties, we're talking about who Ross Chastain hit this week. So, here we go. If you didn't get to see the Dover race, Chastain hit Brennan Poole, um, who was fighting to stay on the... Well, no, he wasn't fighting to stay on the lead lap. He was already a lap down because Chase... Chase, I'm sorry. Ross Chastain was not in the lead. He was, uh, I believe he was in the top five at the time. 
So Brendan Poole was uh, fighting for position with Austin Dillon. I believe both of those cars had just went a lap down to the leader. I don't recall who the leader was at the time. But uh, Ross Chastain was coming up behind him, and Larson was running down Chastain. So you had Brennan Poole and Austin Dillon that were running side by side. Poole was on the inside. Austin Dillon was on the outside. They were fighting for position. And then you had Chastain and Kyle Larson that weren't fighting for position yet, but Larson was quickly catching Chastain to pass him. So... Um, going into turn one, I believe it was, um, Chastain just hit Brennan Poole, and he ended up spinning, going up the track, collected Larson, so that ended both of their days, and Chastain was just able to continue on like he always does. <clears throat> so... My first question with all that is, what's what's his deal? You know, why is why is Chastain just hitting everybody? And at at this level, you shouldn't be hitting everybody to get them out of the way. You should you should be able to drive around whoever you need to drive around, especially in that situation. I mean, it's it's Brennan Poole, which no no disrespect to to him but he was he wasn't quite in the equipment that Chastain was in so his car wasn't quite as fast he wasn't uh he wasn't able to maneuver around the track as easily as Chastain could you know being being that Chastain was in the better equipment but I don't believe Chastain should have should have had to have hit him to get him out of the way Because at this level, you know he's just he's just at a, he's not at the local lo, the local uh, racetrack where you just you know you, you come up on somebody you, you just bump them out of the way and who cares? At this level, you should be able to drive around them. Um, you know a lot of people a lot of people are saying it's the you know giving him an Earnhardt comparison as far as his driving style, his aggressive style of driving and that's true that's what works for Chastain that's I don't really want Chastain to change his style of driving and I don't think anybody really wants him to change his style because that's that's what makes him that's what got him to this level to begin with and that's what is going to keep him there um, as far as the comparisons with Earnhardt I think that is a little premature for one, and number two, if if you're old enough to remember Earnhardt's driving, if you're an old guy like me and, and watched Earnhardt drive, he he didn't he didn't have to knock anybody out of the way, especially on lap 80 of a 400 lap race. You know he he would try to get around them, and or he would try to let them know he was there and he needs to get around them if 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 the maybe a second or third groove wasn't available he would let them know hey i got to get around you you're in my way you're holding me up he might he might maybe even tap them once or twice 
but he wouldn't just slam them right out of the way, which that is what Ross does most of the time. He doesn't even, he doesn't try to drive around them. He just seems to drive through them, and that's my opinion. Of course, I'm not in the car, so I don't know what happened. Now, with this incident, I don't think this one is as bad as like the Hamlin incidents from last year or some of the other incidences that Ross has has done. But I don't believe the Earnhardt comparisons are are correct yet. Because yes, Earnhardt would move somebody if he had to if you're talking if you're in the last five laps of the race and he ain't got time to let you get out of the way or to to just give you that that one bump to to give you a, that warning bump. He he didn't have time to give you that. And yes, he's going to move you out of the way like he did maybe Terry at Bristol. But um, so I don't recall ever seeing Earnhardt just punt somebody on lap fifty or eighty or you know in an early stage of a race like that. If he did, you just knew that he just didn't like you. <laughs> but uh, that wasn't the case this week. I think I think it's um, it's a little bit of if two things i think i think brennan Poole kind of let off the throttle just a little bit before chastain expected him to but i also think it was that chastain seen larson coming up he was getting a lot bigger in that rearview mirror and he just needed to get past Poole, and he didn't want to wait for him to get out of the way which okay that's that's fine but you know you also have to realize that Poole is racing for position with Dylan, just like Chastain is with Larson. So he's got his own race going on. Um, I just don't think Chastain should have just bumped him out of the way that early in the race. And I also think maybe that was just a tap to say, hey, I'm here, get out of my way. And... Brennan Poole couldn't, he didn't maybe expect that bump. Maybe that bump was just a little bit harder than what it should have been. Maybe the, the intention from Ross was just a slight bump. But with uh, Poole letting off the throttle, it turned into a little bit harder bump than what it was maybe intended for. So you got all that rolled up into one. My honest opinion, and like I said, this is my opinion... I don't believe he meant to I don't believe Ross meant to wreck Poole. I think he just meant to bump him to encourage him to get out of the way. And uh it just it didn't quite turn out that way. He ended up losing control of it and went up into the into the wall backwards and ended up collecting Larson in the process. So, you know, then with but with Ross having all of these incidents that he's had over the past year, year and a half, um, which really this all started, I believe, with Hamlin at at the Worldwide Technologies track in St. Louis last year. So it, right at about a year ago, because that, that race is coming up in a few weeks for us, for this year, but... Um, so right at a year ago is when all of this started with Ross. But it's like every time there's contact now, he's the first one looked at. It's looked at as intentional. And, you know, you know when, when you paint that picture, 
that's that's what people are going to think, you know. When you go to bump somebody out of the way and it turns out bad, it's going to look like you did it in, intentionally. Now, is that because you can't control your car? Is that because maybe sometimes it's because the other guy couldn't control his car, which I think that might be the case on this uh, on this episode of Ross Chastain Weekly. But uh, I think he's getting... He's getting painted as an overly aggressive driver, which, for the most part, he is. I just don't think this this incident was as bad as what a lot of people are making it out to be. I mean, the end result was because Poole ended up wrecking, collected Larson. And, uh, you know, Larson had a pretty good shot at winning, or at least that's what he said at that time. You know, he had a fast, pretty fast car at that stage of the race, so it ended up taking out both of those drivers and... Chastain was able to keep on going. Um, you know, another question that I've heard people say is, should NASCAR step in? Should they do something about Ross Chastain and his aggressiveness? And I, I don't think so. I think this is just how this sport has always been. It ties in with my next question of how to fix it. How do you fix the Ross Chastain issues? Well, I think it's very easy. NASCAR don't have to step in because you've got 30, 35 other drivers out there that can fix the problem pretty easily. It's just a matter of will they. Um, you know, and, and, and that's at all, at all levels of racing. You get that guy out there that's just has no care. He has no respect for everybody else that's on the track. And that's kind of what it seems like, Ross is doing even though he's apologizing he gets out of the car and he's I'm, I'm you know i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that it just it got away from me or you know this happened or that happened and it, it wasn't supposed to be like that well that's that's getting old and and i kind of hate to see that because like i said I, in earlier episodes that i was a ross chastain fan just a couple of years ago when he was in that 42 car um he was impressing me but he didn't seem to be all that aggressive when he was in that 42 ride. And now that he's in with Trackhouse, he is overly, you know, he's just very hyper-aggressive. And he seems like a real nice guy, soft-spoken guy when he gets out of the car. Seems like a very, got a good head on his shoulders. He's not out there to do this stuff intentionally, it doesn't seem like. I just think he just gets in too much of a rush on the track and he's not 100% focused on his car at that moment. Um, and if you go back and watch his accidents, it just seems like he's just in so big of a rush, big of a hurry to get around whoever's in front of him that things just happen. And they shouldn't be just happening. You know, not at this level. You know, there's 35 other guys out there that don't have to hit everybody else. So, when it seems to be only you doing this, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. You know, that's when you got to have that hard conversation with yourself. Should NASCAR step in? No, because like I said, there's 35 other vultures out there that should be able to take care of this problem very easily. Um... It's not a nice way to do it, but in my mind, and I've 
been around racing all my life. You punt the guy. You punt him every week. Early. You put him in the wall. You make sure his car don't... You, you punt him hard enough to where he's not going to be out there for the rest of the race. If he is, he's going to be 30 laps down because they had to take him to the garage to fix him. And he has no chance of winning the race. After you do that about five or six times, guess what? You know, he's going to calm down because he's going to have to. He's not going to be able to race. If you can't race, you can't be in contention for a championship, right? So my advice to Chastain is calm down before everybody else makes you calm down. You know, it's not very hard, just like Larson did after his accident at Dover. Um, you know, he was able to get his car repaired, but he was like 35 laps down. But he was still able to make life a little bit difficult for Chastain the next time Chastain went to get around him. You know, he just drove right in front of him. He just mirror driving just to slow Chastain down because Ross probably could have won that race. Uh, he was reeling in Truex towards the end, and then um, he ran into a, a problem that was Kyle Larson, and Kyle Larson was mad at him. So he slowed him down quite a bit, and I, I'm not saying that Chastain would have got around Truex, but he had a very good chance to do that until he ran into Larson. And Larson was just not going to have any of that. He was going to slow him back down. And I think that's just what needs to happen. You know, um, if Chastain keeps doing what he's doing, all the drivers just need to band together. And it could be a different driver every week. You know, it doesn't have to be the same one every week punting him. It needs to be a different driver every week. That way, Ross... And the team owners, you know, the his crew chief, his team owners, the everybody associated with Trackhouse says, hey, these guys aren't letting us race. Well, here's why. Here's why we're not letting you race. Because you're just a menace to our society here, and you're crashing everybody. I know, I know, you don't mean to. It's always it's always an accident. It's never never intentional. It's always because of this or that you can't control your car it's obvious that that you're just i wouldn't say you're in over your head but you're just uh you're not doing things the right way so we're going to make you do things the right way and that's how you fix ross chastain now will that happen i doubt it um you got you probably got a good handful of guys that are more than willing to do that, but then you've also got a lot more guys that are not willing to do that. You've got a lot of team owners that are not willing to let their drivers do that. But all it's going to do is continue to happen and continue to happen until either that one driver gets tired of it, which I really wish Denny Hamlin would have got tired of it last year and would have just fixed the problem last year. Um, you know, looked like he was trying to this year, and then he got fined for it, which... I believe that fine, like we talked about earlier in another episode, I think that fine was a little bit BS, but, uh, you know, you never have to admit to it. Pun him. Let him deal with it. So, that's my, that's my take on Ross Chastain. I really hope, 
I really hope some drivers get together and do that because that would be, I think it would be funny myself just because he has put himself into this position and if that was to happen he would question why um, you know it'd be kind of like kind of like that uh, the little five-year-old that don't understand why why nobody likes him when all they are is just a bad attitude you know when all you do is is talk mean to people and then nobody likes you and then you wonder why well you gotta look yourself in the mirror that, that's why but uh Hopefully Chastain can fix himself before the drivers have to fix it for him. I think that would be a lot of uh, money saved for Trackhouse. But at the same time, you know, if I am... But at the same time, if I'm Justin Marks, that's what I hired Ross Chastain to do is, is go out there and drive. Be aggressive. You know, finish as high on that running order as you possibly can. I don't care how you have to get there. We'll deal with that later. As a team owner, that's the mentality you have to have. And as the driver, that's what Ross Chastain is doing. I just... There's there's a fine line between being aggressive and being reckless. And I think a lot of the times Ross Chastain is just being aggressive. But then there's way too many times that he's being reckless and careless. And... That's the half of it that that needs to stop um, for his own good. I mean, his driving style got him to second in the championship points last year. Finished second. You know, he was only... He wasn't very far from winning that championship on that style that he's driving. And, you know, if nobody's going to fix you, why change, right? I mean, it's 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 got him to where he is now, and he is... Well, matter of fact, he's the points leader right now going into Kansas. He is the points leader, so being overly aggressive has worked out great for him. So why would he change? Well, when you keep running into different people every week, they're going to change you. I think uh, even though he apologized for it, I believe Christopher Bell was correct calling him the, was it the cannonball or the wrecking ball. I think he called him the cannonball. Not sure. Could have been wrecking ball. Either way, either way, I think he was right, and I don't think he should have apologized for his uh, for his comments because he's he's 100% right. But um, that's all that. So let's look ahead to Kansas. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting race. Um, Kansas is one of those tracks that doesn't really enthuse me all that much because it's just one of those mile and a half cookie cutter tracks like. Texas or Chicago or Kentucky or Vegas <clears throat> uh, they have good racing but it's just you know it's just kind of one of those ho-hum tracks it's nothing I mean like I said it's good racing it's just nothing exciting about it to me and that's just my opinion you know I know a lot of people may like Kansas and they love, they may like them one mile and a half tracks but it's just not my style but uh, I'm, it's always a good race and I'm sure this weekend will be um, along those same lines. It's going to be a great race. Um, like I said earlier, 23XI swept both races last year with Kurt Busch and Bubba. I think they've got a very good chance of winning again. Uh, Toyota, well, like I said earlier, Toyota has, what, six cars on the track? And I think 
all six of those cars should be at the top of the list as far as uh, some favorites to win. Uh, I think last time I checked, Elliott and Larson was the favorite. I'm picking Larson to win this race. But um, I was really, really thinking about Christopher Bell. He does. He seems to do really well on these mile and a halfs. Um, you know, Reddick. I think I'm looking at Reddick as kind of a dark horse on this race. But um, but you got Martin Truex. You know, he's got momentum now. Uh, Hamlin's pretty good there. He just Hamlin just keeps kind of tripping over himself. He's not well. I shouldn't say he's tripping over himself. I think his his pit crew is not doing him any favors. So if if his pit crew can line out their issues and get him some good stops, Denny Hamlin may be the person to beat this weekend. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I'm picking Larson. Um, but Hamlin, Truex, Reddick, Bubba, They've all got really good shots at winning this race. So we'll see what happens. Um, we'll talk about what happens next week. So that's really all I had to talk about this week. Let's, I'm going to talk about this fantasy league now because there's just a couple of things that I really wanted to say. First off, I need to congratulate Josh, Tony, Jason A. and Paul. Paul, of all people, picked a winner. You believe that? They all picked Truex to win. So they did pretty good there. Um, let's see. Tony moved up six spots in that standings because of that. Jason A. moved up five. So those guys did pretty good tell you who moved down <laughs> oh HR you know he is not he's not happy this week because I haven't heard from him at all this week last time I know he picked Logano at Dover and last time I seen Logano he was he was wadded up in the wall like a piece of paper <laughs> yeah sorry Scott I'm not laughing at you but I am right on your butt now. I'm only two points down. I'm going to pass you this week because, because you know, two points down. I haven't been this close to you in a while, Scotty, so I'm, I'm taking this opportunity. I'm going to go ahead and pick Larson. I didn't really want to pick Larson this early, but I'm two points below Scott. I'm two points ahead of Jess. Those are probably two of my biggest rivals in this whole fantasy league so I've got to play some offense against Scott and get around him I got to play some defense against Jess to keep her behind me I know she picked Christopher Bell uh, he was the other one that I was looking at picking um, I do know that Justin picked Martin Truex to win um, he's going off the momentum I'm guessing I haven't talked to him about why he picked him but you know Truex does pretty good like I said he's won here a couple of times he's got momentum Hey, he may be onto something. Still got Hunter at the top. 
Josh is in second. Let me see. I think they might have picked the same driver again. Uh, picks were in like three hours ago, so I'm a little bit late with this podcast. I know that. Yeah, Hunter and Josh both picked William Byron to win. So, Josh won't pass Hunter, that's for sure. I'll tell you what, I'm also looking at Lou down here. She keeps rising up. She went up two spots this week, and she is... That's another reason I picked Larson, because Lou is only six points away from me. From me. You know, I fell a couple of spots from last week. I picked Harvick, and he was looking pretty good there for a while, and then he just faded off. I don't even remember what he what he finished. I got disgusted, turned it off. But, uh, well, I didn't turn it off. I just quit watching where Harvick was. I just Once he got down to the top of that little board there on the left, I was done. So I am right in the middle of a few people that I really want to stay in front of or get ahead of. Scott, Jess, Lou. And I was right. I was tied with Brian. Brian got me last week. But let me see. Do I have a chance? No. Brian picked Larson also. So I can't pass Brian. Can't even get closer to him, but uh, he's eight points ahead of me. So, But Justin, i got to give him credit. He is on a roll. He is up to the fifth spot. Um, Tony's right there in sixth. So I thought earlier on in the season, I thought Scotty was going to be the one that was going to catch Hunter. I thought Jess was going to catch him there for a little bit because she was there around the fifth spot. And then they both kind of fell like a rock. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to chuckle every time I say that. Um, but now Justin's in the fifth spot, so maybe he's going to be the one that can catch Hunter and uh, maybe take that guy down. But Hunter picked Byron, and we all know that Hunter has the... Uh, he's got that sports almanac, so Byron watched for him to do pretty good this week. So that's... That's all I've got. I really don't have a whole lot this week. So, let's see what we got. Next week, uh, we're going to Kansas this week. Next week after that, we're going to Darlington. It's going to be throwback weekend. Um, Justin will be back in here. I know he really likes Darlington. He likes throwback weekend. He's going to have a lot to talk about there. Um, and then we're going to have a week. We're, then we're going to get into All-Star weekend, so... We've got a few good weeks coming up here, interesting weeks that uh, should should have quite a bit to talk about. So hopefully it's no penalties, hopefully it's no Ross Chastain accidents, but we will see what it is, see where we're at, and go from there. So um, I think that's about all I've got. I'm still talking to myself, and it's still a little bit awkward. So uh, I'm just going to cut this one off right here and... I and Justin will be back next week to talk about the happenings at Kansas. So we'll talk to you next week.